Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I have my co-host with me today, Mr. Brian Smith, the most interesting insurance agent in America. And uh, I had to still have to think about not saying in the country or in the world, because you, you pretty much got America on lock now, right? Well, Evan, you know how I am. The world traveler I am, I always want to make sure America gets its respect. As I travel around, so many people say the country. The country? It just doesn't hit home like it should. Really? I think we need to be talking more about the United States of America these <laughs> days. And you know what? I'm not like you. I don't, I don't work for the man, so I don't have to follow their rules. Well, I appreciate you bringing up the man in, in this interview. That's great. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I, I want to do real quick, because we have a, I, I want to jump in to our interview because we have a fantastic guest today. And I know I say that a lot, but uh, today's a little different. Today we are actually uh, with our guests in their office, and uh, it's a true honor uh, to be here with them. Uh, our guest today is the CEO of Gateway mortgage group, Kevin Stitt. Kevin founded Gateway Mortgage with $1,000 in a computer and now has become one of the nation's largest privately held mortgage companies. Gateway currently has about 1,100 team members in more than 145 locations across the country. The company estimates it will originate more than $6 billion in mortgage loans over this year, while its servicing portfolio will eclipse $16 billion. Kevin Stitt is a driven leader who is passionate about success, families, and his community. Kevin believes that with hard work and enough of the right decisions, we can make anything happen. So Kevin, welcome to the Young Businessman of uh, Tulsa podcast. Thank you for being here. Uh, If you don't mind, uh, for the audience that doesn't know who you are, kind of give me a little bit of of an insight of who you are uh, and kind of what Gateway Mortgage is. Sure, absolutely. Well, thanks for for having me today. Looking forward to hanging out with you guys and meeting some of the other members of your organization. I grew up in Norman, Oklahoma, and uh, went to school in Stillwater, got an accounting degree from Oklahoma State. Um, Kind of an interesting part of my background, the way I paid my way through college was I sold books with the Southwestern Company. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a a weird part of my um, experience. So I did that for a summer and then came back and recruited all my fraternity buddies. And I was a uh, beta there at Oklahoma State, and then I recruited all my buddies from Norman and uh, had, that were going to OU. And so by the time I graduated from college, I had done that for four summers. I had about 50 college kids working for me. Wow. So it was kind of my first experience of running a little business, recruiting a team, uh, leading a sales organization. So uh, back in college, I just always knew I was entrepreneurial, wanted to have my own business. I loved people. I loved working with my friends, creating opportunity for people. So uh, that was really interesting. And then I moved to Tulsa, met my wife. So um, my faith drives me and my, my wife and kids ins- inspire me. Um, I've been married 19 years now and have six children. 
my oldest is 16, youngest is three, so three boys and three girls. Uh, so it's really busy around the house for sure. Absolutely. One of the things that I noticed when I was uh, trying to learn a little bit more about you was the fact that you do have a big family. And when you look at some of the success that the Gateways had and uh, just your entrepreneurial journey, um, one of the things that you see a lot of times is you get focused uh, on, on one side. So you get really heavily focused on the business side. Uh, and then what happens is you start to neglect some of the other important areas of your life. And I, I got to imagine with six kids, it's hard to really find that work-life balance or just find balance in general. So kind of understanding the success that you've seen on this side, what were some of the things that you did on the family side to spend that quality time with them well, you know, obviously growing a large company? Yeah, that's a great question. So we always talk at Gateway about, uh, you know, putting God first, then your family and then your work. And so that's what I've tried to do in my personal life. And, and it's very difficult as sometimes as hard charging business people and guys that want to try to have success. And we look around at our friends and we think that our friends are getting ahead of us and all that. And you kind of have to slap yourself back to reality occasionally and always keep your focus on the Lord because that's really the most important thing. And, and uh, even after your, uh, you know, your career's over, you, I mean, if you don't have a healthy marriage and you don't have, you know, if you're not raising good kids, then what's it really matter, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but I, do, I do believe in a schedule. And so way back to in college when I sold the books and did that book thing, um, you know, I, I, I work a schedule. So from 8 o'clock till 5 o'clock, I'm here at Gateway, Monday through Friday. But then at night, I go home at, at uh, I go home in the evenings and, and, and check out. I'm totally focused on them. And then on the weekends, I really don't work on the weekends. And I'm focused on the family there. So, But I do believe in schedule. And I mean, I'm so crazy about it. Even at 4.59, um, I, I literally can't let myself leave the office because I just, I really believe that uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw something up if I <laughs> if I don't work that schedule. So yeah. um, I'm pretty hard on our team and just making sure that you know you give us an honest day work. And I just believe in I believe in schedule. So I I'm gonna get into some serious questions, Evan. But you know why I'm here. You don't have to stay serious all the time. And I, I want to learn some things about Kevin too. But I first got to say we have listeners in California now, mm-hmm. New York, mm-hmm. North Carolina, Alaska. Texas and Hawaii. I just want to let you know that. The Hawaiian ones are my family, to be okay. fair. Well, so we got listeners all over the place, and I did a book deal in New York a couple months ago, and we got to talk about something, and I want to ask Kevin this question with your permission, of course, because it's not on your list. I know you like the, the list. I don't have the list, but... I do I do control the edits, though. Just yeah, so okay. <laughs> so, Kevin, uh, the part I love about what you're saying is something that I, I go through as well. And I look here at Kevin, and Kevin, what is he, a day over maybe 28 or 29 years old? And for, for those of us who can't see us and don't know Kevin, <laughs> he looks extremely young. And so what, what interests me about this is hearing about the size of his family. These are the things I'm going through, Evan. These mm-hmm. are the things that our people are going through when I travel and talk to other business owners, the number one thing I hear from, from, from guys that I try to, to, to work with is that how in the world do we balance competitiveness? How do we balance success? How do we balance the things that we don't deserve? And then mix it up with the kids. So Kevin, I, we adopted two kids in the last year, trying to run multiple businesses, buying a new one. I'm interested to hear some, the schedule is a big thing. 
you know that's something we have to do but I always seem like I'm managing my 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 lifestyle too with my wife and then you know like okay so she's sick mm-hmm. or her kids are sick I find myself that I've learned as I've gotten older I will check out of my competitive business nature to go do that which 10 years ago I wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. tell our listeners from your perspective because I can tell you're competitive we've locked eyes one time now since I got here and I could tell we think the same we think the same uh, I'm a hammer and I like to go full board all the time and I've been doing that since I was young and I, I see that in you too. I've always interesting to get perspective from a guy who's had success. How do you do that? It's it's it's, it's 11 o'clock, you're running hard, things are happening and you get the text message, so and so sick, I need your help. And you have other things set up I'm sure, but let's pretend you didn't have anyone yeah. that could help. What, what do you do? How do you react? Well, they need I you mean- now. I mean, it, it, it's happens. My wife, uh, you know, kids, doctor's appointment and, you know, some, you know, I need you at home and, and you just gotta, you just gotta go. You tell, you tell the business it's going to wait and you run home and you take care of that and let your wife know that she's number one. And, and, uh, fortunately for me, um, you know, knock on wood that, uh, she's not, I don't, she's not super, she's not super dependent and she doesn't do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she very, she's respectful of that. I have a wonderful wife. She's a great, great lady. And, and she really runs the household. And when I come home, she tells me what I'm doing and throes me three kids and uh, <laughs> says, go to the, go, she says, uh, I'm going to go to the grocery store and I only need two of them with me. So you got three and whatever, but yeah, obviously um, she knows that she's my number one priority, and when she tells me that uh, I need to be there, I mean, I had an appointment in Oklahoma City just the other day, and I'd accidentally overbooked a, one of the kids' doctor's appointment, and she really wanted me at it, so I canceled that lunch in Oklahoma City and drove back. So even though I was already down there, and it had been very easy to say, hey, you know, I need to take this lunch appointment, I just rescheduled and because I knew it was really important to her and my son that I was there. So well, I'm familiar. I am fairly certain that my wife, who will probably hear this, hangs out at Whole Foods because their Wi-Fi is better than ours. I am pretty certain of that. About the time I get home, we always need something from Whole Foods. Um, you care if I go again? I mean, I don't want to mess this up. No, you guys, well, go ahead. You well, go ahead. I don't want to get I, you I all kinda, I do have a bit of a follow-up to that because I think it kind of ties into my... Sure. I'm the, I'm the planner guy, right? So um, That is true. I don't know that it's always intrinsic for us to set aside specific amounts of times for things or uh, for us to say, you know, family first or whatever else. I, th- I feel like those are things that we need to learn. And I think those are things that you learn over time. And because we're big on mentorship and we're big on, um, you know, learning from the mistakes of others and learning from the success of others, um, I'm curious to what role mentors played in your life, Kevin, because I believe that to achieve, again, the, the amount of success that you have and to be as driven as you are, that you had examples of that of that in your life, and so I'm kind of wondering who are your mentors and who continue to be your mentors, and uh, what kind of role has that played in your personal growth? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was very fortunate; uh, had two great parents. My dad was a pastor in Norman, and so I've got to uh, thank my parents for the for the example my dad set for me. I really do. And then, uh, but uh, then once I graduated from college, moved to Tulsa, started my business. I was then exposed to, as you grow in life, you realize that the world is bigger than where you grew up in Norman. And then when you go to, you go to college, you realize you meet other people from other walks of life. And it's so exciting. 
you know, heck, there's other, there's other points of view out there than just my own or the way I was raised. And so then meeting guys like Dave Jewett, which I think you mm-hmm. mentioned you had him on here, and Kevin Jordan, and some of these guys that have demonstrated to me uh, that are maybe 20, 30 years older than I am, 40 maybe, not 30, 20. Sorry, 20 years, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> 20 years older than me. So these guys had, uh, he's, they've modeled with me what true friendship is and getting around a group of, a small group of other uh, like-minded men. And then instead of being an inch deep and a, and a mile wide, you can go deep with a few friends and really share life together. And so really getting a mentor that's, mentor that's 20 years older than you, they can talk to you about here's what you're going to face in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s and sometimes guys get off track here and they end up you know uh, leaving their families and just kind of these guys telling us what to expect and and how to go deep and make sure you have friends that can hold you accountable and tell you when you're being an idiot uh, it's really important and so I my parents didn't really demonstrate that to me those type of close relationships that's something I learned from other mentors and I didn't think it was cool I thought I could charge the hill myself and be all by myself in this world and I read another book about, uh, you know, in my, in my early 30s. So usually an entrepreneur that starts a company isn't the same guy that's the CEO when it's 1100. And I knew I had to reinvent myself and become more team oriented. Mm-hmm. So I was the guy that was charging the hill in college and thinking I was getting ahead of everybody. But when you look around, if you don't learn how to be more of a team player, the guys that are more the accountants, the team player, I don't want to stereotype accountants, I'm an accountant, but the team player guys end up getting ahead of them mm-hmm. later on in life. So I had to rethink how I operated and not every decision can roll through me anymore. It's more of a board and a team to really go to the next level. And so I had to learn that. You're like a disruptive leader, would you say? Like you get out there and like big picture and we charge the hill and go do all that stuff. And then you have like the more organizational leader, which is like systems, processes, procedures. Like right. you're right, the, the, the companies need to have balance because there's a season for that. Yeah. But then there's also a season of backfilling to try to get that together yeah. so that it can grow to the next and, level. And, and you need all kinds of leaders in the organization and in your board or your, or your executive team. You need the let's go guy, let's go, let's charge the hill. And then you need the guy that's saying, let's not leave anybody behind, more of the want to make sure everybody's touchy-feely. And then you got the guy that let's do it right, okay? You, you know, you got your compliance guy, and, and there's one other, one other piece there that's escaping me. But you need a complete team, so you need other ideas. Don't hire people that are exactly like you. Hire people that are opposite you that can be process-oriented and can be, um, you know, different than you. One of the people, you touched all of them that is required, and maybe a, a, a creative person. Um, someone that can keep your keep your marketing fresh um, with the company your size. You guys do a great job of that. I'm going to go again, Evan. Okay. And I'm going to be in special form today because <laughs> the million-dollar listing producers are listening. Ryan Serhant's listening today. Frederick Eklund's listening today. And they want to hear something cool out of Tulsa because they say we do nothing here. Hey, man, I got it. They say we do nothing here. Anytime so, you got a name drop, I know what's up. Well, I'm going to be in special <laughs> form is why because they're going to be listening, and I wanted to show them a little bit of love. But I have a question specifically for Kevin and for Gateway, because Gateway has done a great job over the years of being known. And so something I hear all the time and I agree with, winners focus on winning, Mm -hmm. losers focus on winners. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. Okay. So from my standpoint and being around um, the market for a long time, every once in a while, there would be this thing about Gateway Gateway doesn't do this, Gateway, or watch out for Gateway, this or that. I always thought, Kevin, in a competitive market like ours, that 
that's was that quote playing out. Winners focus on winning, losers focus on winners. And I would, you know, before I ever knew you, which was today, so it wouldn't be hard, I would go look at these claims. Years and years ago, I'm in the mortgage business and I'm all here, oh, don't, no, gateway this or gateway that. And I'm thinking, are you sure that's not one person? Are you sure that's not one mortgage banker that's given a bad name to a good company? What is your response to that? Because over the years, I would research and look into that. Never found anything that made any more sense than any other bank's problems. But what do you equate that to? Because you guys, you're successful and you're doing well. If you were stinky, you wouldn't be. And I tell my competition this all the time. Look, if I was cheating or breaking the rules, I wouldn't be here. They watch me. We're really good at what we do. We have a special group of people that watch us because of that. I've got to put Gateway in that same category that you're so good people are watching so you can't be that bad what, what do you how, how do you respond to the critique of maybe people losing to you yeah so great question i mean obviously when you have 1100 employees we're not going to have everybody's not going to follow our policies all the time and you're going to have a bad apple occasionally and so they might upset a customer and so we're going to have we track our customer complaints last month we had like 25 customer complaints and I just think with, yeah, and we're going to do over 100,000 transactions this year, and we service over 80,000 customers. Um, so you're going to have complaints. The bigger you are, you are. So you can always find somebody that can take shots at you and all that. You've got to have thick skin a little bit, and you, you can't please every single person. You try to. Um, so we're, we're going to have some of the issues that, that you know come with just having to handle uh, retail customers, mm -hmm. right? And... Uh, but, but I think we do it better than, than anybody else. And if you look at Bank of America and you look at Wells Fargo and you look at the customer complaints, I mean, uh, we've got a deck that we show. It's like 0.0001% of our transactions we've had a complaint on or something. So, uh, but, but you've got to be thick skinned and you know in your heart, we always try to do what's right. And we have a, our, our purpose as a company is to strengthen families, not only the 1,100 families that work here, but also the 3,000 families a month that we do a home loan for. So that's really our purpose. Uh, and I think businesses, most business people I know, they want to take care of the customer. They want to do what's right. I believe CEOs and business leaders should be entrepreneurs, should be recognized and thanked for putting their neck on the line and employing people. And too many people on the sidelines, you know, try to, try to you know, throw stones at them. And I'm out here, I want to encourage young entrepreneurs and I want to thank them for being in business. And I, my favorite quote is Theodore Roosevelt, you know, the credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who knows the great enthusiasms, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who in the end, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his face shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. So I say go for it and don't worry about your critics. There's always critics trying to tear you down, but it, you know, it's not the critic that counts. Yeah. I, uh, and, I, and I like hearing the gateway culture around the family piece because I'm that way too. I mean, I will almost drop anything these days, but I didn't used to be that way, Kevin. So I, I love the, the culture you've built. Even today, I'm embarrassed. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to come here today to try to impress you guys and look good. I'm, I let you down. I had to change clothes. I got home at the ranch. We have horses, and I don't know anything about it, but my son was trying to touch-up paint something, and he's only eight. So I said, Legend, dude, don't do that. You're going to mess that up. And then I think, you know what? Let him do it. Let him do it, right? Well, he does, and I take it from him, and here we are. 
So I'm incredibly embarrassed today. I'm sitting here in jeans and a, and a button-up shirt because I got clean paint off of me. But that culture, I think I left my office earlier to do that, and a huge team said go. Mm -hmm. And I think, Evan, it's what Kevin's talking about here is as business owners and the guys listening to us that part of running their business successfully is taking care of their team so much so that when they need to run home to do something, the team doesn't think anything about it. Because I meet a lot of business owners to where they feel like they can't leave. Why can't you leave? Well, you know, this won't get done, that won't get done. And there's so many challenges there in their leadership and delegation abilities that say, well, you have not built any kind of a platform at all to where you can, to where you can do that. And then furthermore, you're not taking care of your people or they would want you to go do that. That's what I'm hearing about Gateway, Evan, is that Kevin's team is that they're really promoting the ability to have that balance between work and, and that competitive nature, but also the family. Well, unbeknownst to you, you actually tied into my next question. So you, you talked, Kevin, a little bit about, we've talked about culture, we talked about strengthening the family. And I, I believe I heard you when you were speaking in a different arena, uh, talking about having engaged and inspired employees and the importance of having employees like that. And one of the things I heard you talk about in a, in a different um, podcast was that you guys have corporate chaplains. You actually have people that will invest in your people. And you actually put your money where your mouth, with, where your mouth is in, in the sense that you're actually employing people to invest in the families of your employees. And so if you don't mind, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the decision behind that and the impact that that's made uh, in the gateway culture. Yeah, absolutely. So another mentor, um, I did a CEO network group and I got introduced to a guy named Kent Humphreys in Oklahoma City and he's a, um, he's passed away now, but he was a Christian business leader that spent probably 80% of his time in ministry and 20% in business. Mm -hmm. um, Humphreys family's big family in Oklahoma City. Well, Kent was telling me that uh, the biggest thing he did at his company was have a corporate chaplain. So he introduced me to a corporate chaplain. Bo Parrish is in Oklahoma City and a guy named Larry uh, DeLay here in Tulsa. But anyway, before they did that, I had him come over and give me a quote and look at our company and the size and all that. And they gave me a quote, and I can't remember now, a uh, couple thousand a month or whatever it is. I don't want to quote it too low in case they're listening. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I saw it, and I told a few people on our, on our team. I, I said, uh, hey, I was thinking about doing it. So then I saw the quote, and you know how it is. You're just, you're a tightwad. You don't want to spend the money, and you, you know I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna. Do, I don't know if I'm gonna do it. Well, then one of our one of our employees at our Dallas location, she asked her manager. She said, "Hey, I heard Kevin was thinking about this chaplain. Um, it was a single mom, and she had a 16 year old daughter. She was having trouble with her. Um, you know, teenager was acting up, and she goes, "I'd really like to talk to somebody. Can you let me know if Kevin is gonna do this chaplain thing?" And I was just thinking. <laughs> wow, I've got to do it. Oh my goodness, this yeah. is my chance because I don't think I'm very good at, you know, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to, you know, I guess witness or talk to people or share and stuff with employees. So I just thought this was a perfect opportunity for me because as I'm charge charging and, and working my schedule during the day, sometimes it's hard for me to stop and, you know, talk to an employee about a 16 year old problem. And they probably don't even feel, you know, right even asking me about that stuff. Mm -hmm. So the chaplain deal is perfect for me. So these guys go out every Monday, they have a little card, Gateway Mortgage Group Corporate Chaplain, and they shake hands with every single person at every at our location here and the one in Dallas. And um, it's great, they've done funerals, wedding, they go visit, people will say, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, uh, having trouble in my marriage, can we talk? And they're counselors as well, so it works out great. 
mm-hmm. but it's able it's a way that we can bring uh, more value to our to our uh, you know to our family members our team members do you believe, do you believe that that's helped them become more engaged and, and, and more inspired in the work that, that their loyalty is higher and therefore because you've invested in them they're more likely to invest in you have you seen a, a lift in that area do you guys track that you, you know we don't necessarily track that metric I mean we do corporate we do surveys every single year and our engagement is way more than the national average for yeah. sure I don't remember exactly the, the 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 stuff but but people are way more engaged here than they are in other places but yes the answer to your question is when people are happy when they know you care about them like tonight just tonight we're taking the whole company to go see spider-man them and their guest or their spouse or whatever and so it's just a fun night my kids are looking forward to it we're going to go see spider-man with the, with the company and everybody gets popcorn and a drink and in the grand scheme of things it's not that it's not that much to spend mm-hmm. for that type of atmosphere who doesn't like to go see a movie so we do that you know regularly we have um you know, the other thing the employee, the team members love is taking care of each other. So we have a corporate benevolence fund. So they can give out of their paycheck to a corporate benevolence fund. Our chaplain oversees that. People, I'm not, we've got five or six people that are on it. I'm not even on it. But, but if somebody's car breaks down or a single mom or something happens, we've bought new cars for people and we've repaired stuff and we've wow. done paid electric bills when uh, something happened with one of the spouses ran off and took the account and they were in dire straits. So the corporate chaplain kind of oversees that benevolence account, mm-hmm. but it makes our folks feel great that they're able to take care of their team members. That's good. Hey, do you care if I ask a book question? Go for it. So I know you're going to give me crap about <laughs> shameless promotion, but it is what it is. Go for it. So Kevin, I wrote a book, and I only did it not because I like to read. I actually hate to read. Um, it's not my thing. But I see a lot of people teaching people how to sell things, but they've never sold anything. I also hear people all the time sharing, you know, ideas that they've heard before that were more traditional sayings or things they don't really follow. So I call them sales myths. And one I think of for you, because I'm just truly interested in your in your response to it, is one of those is I always hear from people, failure is not an option. What's your response to that? What do you think about that particular idea that failure is not an option? Um, you know, I, I inherently like that. Uh, it's, it's probably a little bit overused, but I do believe that, um, I mean, I have a, I say, you know, it's not over until I win. And so I truly believe like before the, the financial market crashed in 2008, I was hating life. I was mm-hmm. wanting to quit my own company a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was feeling sorry for myself. All my buddies that were pharmaceutical reps were doing better than me. And I was looking at this guy and this guy. And I was like, Lord, let me just go be a postman. That's what I want to do. I want to go to the, become a postman. Not if there's anything wrong with that. I was thinking that that sounded so good right mm-hmm. then. Yeah. That I, no, I can't be fired. I'm going to go. Be, I'm going to go. I know become what I got to do. And I'll do I know what I got to do. I'm done at four, and I go home, and I get however much vacation. Instead, I was just beating my head against the wall, right? But anyway, um, and I felt like I should have been bigger. And so then, after the crash happened, but I kept saying no. Okay. Lord, if I'm just going to be a local businessman here in town and I'm going to um, just be, you know, my company's not going to do that great because I felt like we should be bigger, uh, then I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to keep working hard. This is the profession I'm in because I just believe you've got people just give up a little bit too early. You never know when success is right around the corner. So then the crash happened. We had all the right approvals and we kind of took off since then. 
And looking back on it, had I been bigger before the crash like I wanted to be, I would have gone out of business like every other mortgage company did mm -hmm. at the time. So it was perfect timing the way we were structured and built, and we just kind of exploded with growth after that. So, you, you know, in other words, you never know how far you are, how close you are to success. And uh, sometimes, you know, timing is not, we want everything right now. You know, when you're first graduate from college or you're in thirties, most of the people aren't listening. You just, you just want it right now. And you look at the guy that's 10 years ahead of you and you just don't know how it's gonna get there. But trust me, you keep working hard, you keep working a schedule, you keep being disciplined, you do what you're supposed to do. Uh, you keep getting, keeping your life in balance and you'll wake up in your forties or your fifties and, and you'll be exactly where you wanna be and you'll have a healthy marriage and, 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 and great relationships with your children and a successful career. And I like what you said before, Evan, that uh, you you're, you're, you never have to work a day in your life if you're doing what you like. And, and, I, and I love that. That's, I mean, that's exactly the way I think about failure is not an option, Evan. As I tell everyone, it's your first readily available option if, if you allow it to be. So, you know, we know legacy is not a positive by, by default, Kevin. And it sounds like you understand that creating a legacy has to do with a lot of your own effort. And so I appreciate getting to hear a little bit about that today because I know what it's like to feel busier than what you can really do. And I've had to, in the last couple of years, stop and go, nope, I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to have that phone call. I'm going to go to that dinner with my wife, or I'm going to get paint all over my hands with legend, even though it's three o'clock on a Monday and I have way more to do. So I appreciate you creating a legacy because in our market, especially if you don't go look for people to help you, they're not just going to find you. And at a young age without a dad, I had to find people just a little bit older than me, kind of match where I wanted to be and teach me that, hey dude, sure, you can own the world if you want, but you're going to have to go through this process and you're going to have to be a faithful husband. You're going to have to be a good dad. And if you can do those things, these other things will work out for you in, in most cases. And we don't see a lot of that, and that's why I put my time, you know, Evan, into the YBT is, sure, we've got plenty to do with all the companies, but I enjoy this time more than almost any of those victories that, these days because we get to meet these young guys that have just gotten married or just started their first business, and, and I can actually relate to them still being a young 38, Evan, mm -hmm. and build them up and promote them and say, look, you can go win. Yep. I did a lot of winning myself, but these days, here's where I win, and I'm hearing that stuff from Kevin. I love that. Kevin's a little bit ahead of me in age. He looks like he's 10 years younger. We've, we've covered that. But well, what's your take on this? I mean, this is the stuff that you love. And well, this I don't, is going to be getting I don't you... love failure, but I do love taking risks. Okay. I, I think that when you put yourself out there and you step outside of your comfort zone, because failure is an option, it, it drives you forward to be better at what you do. And because it's an option, it, it, it's going to change exactly kind of what you need to do. Okay. Um, when we're talking about risks, Kevin, to kind of parlay a little bit into uh, the governor's race that you're looking to, to enter into. Well, that's announce a, this that, deal, yeah, Evan. That's a, that's a big risk. So Kevin recently announced that he's going to be running for Oklahoma governor, which you look at everything that he has going on right now, that's stepping outside of that comfort zone and into a whole other atmosphere. So Kevin, I'd like to hear kind of your, your thoughts on why you chose to do that now uh, what's, what's the plan with it? What's, what's the direction that you want to go? Because I know you're very intentional, and so uh, I'm wondering how this fits into everything that you're doing. Hold on, hold on. Don't answer that, Kevin. Don't, don't answer that. 
let, let me do this. Evan, that yeah, was I'm so shutting you down dude, on this one because that, that was, was an awesome question. Well, no, I to- totally we're, we are so excited to announce <laughs> on the YBT podcast Kevin, Kevin is going to run for governor, and, and I'm in love with that idea because I'm only getting to know Kevin. But I can tell you right now that when I— think you can I, be excited about it, but I think at the same time, you want to know why. The why is well, the most important he, He's going to tell us why in a minute. I want everyone to know, though, everyone knows me in the politics still. Never going to happen. Right. But when I support, I support. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone knows that. I can tell you guys right now listening, I want to get to know Kevin more if he allows it, but I can tell you right now from the family standpoint and the business standpoint, we've already we've checked boxes. Right. That's a big deal to me, and, and we don't have a lot of that. So we're excited to announce Kevin on this deal, all right? But Kevin, tell us a little bit by part of Evan asking you, why, why in the world would you do it? You're good. I'm sure you have a beautiful wife and a beautiful family, plenty of stuff to do. You went to OSU, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we'll skip that. I'm, I'm, I love where you're from. I'm from Norman. Yeah, you love can tell that you. part. Yeah. Nice. So we're big Sooner fans, but tell us why in the world would you jump off a cliff and go be governor of the great state of Oklahoma when everything is great? Most people that, in my opinion, that jump off into the politics because everything else is a little weird, yeah. and let's go focus our energy on something else. But you're doing great. Yeah. What's the reason? You know, uh, there, there, there's two reasons. Kind of the the spiritual reason is, um, like I like like we talked about. I started my company with a thousand dollars in a computer. We've got over 1,100 employees today. 17 years later, that's been my whole focus and and growth is just growing the company and hiring people smarter than me and putting them in the right positions and leading. And last year, just something was different. And as a man of faith, my wife and I, and we feel like it's something I'm supposed to try. So that's why I'm doing it. I hope it's to win. I hope I'm supposed to do this to win, not to teach me a lesson. But either way, we're going for it. But practically speaking, I travel to Texas all the time, visiting our locations, South Carolina. I'm going to these other states, and I'm seeing firsthand the momentum they're getting. Everybody that's been to Texas sees the positivity, the job creation, all that stuff. I come back to Oklahoma, and I just don't know what stops at the Red River. I know we can do better. I know Oklahoma can do better than we have been. And and I look over at, we've got a $900 million state budget deficit right now. Mm-hmm. Other states, Arkansas is in a surplus situation. School districts, we're going to four-day school, uh, school weeks in 20% of our school districts. And then I look at who's running, and it's just more the same. These are just career politicians and that just keep running for re-election. I don't need the job, but I want to take off from my company and I want to go serve my state that I love because I want it to be better for my kids, your kids, my grandkids, because I want my kids living here and growing businesses. And and that's what I want to do as governors. I want to get our state growing again. I want to fix the education because I have a longer term view as I've grown my company from $1,000 to 1,100 employees, I want to have a 10-year view on what's best for Oklahomans 10 years from now instead of what is going to get me reelected in four years or what's expedient or popular. So that's why I'm on it. How can we, um, or where can the the listeners go, Kevin, to support you or to, it doesn't even have to be money, where where can they go to crowd up to put that message out there to support you, whether it be with money or just encouragement? Yeah, so they can text me uh, to STIT at 70,000 is a great way to do it. So everybody can just uh, text it 70,000. And um, and they can also sign up at stitforgovernor.com. And okay. then uh, I'm going to be meeting with, uh, you know, 
I want to meet with you and your friends uh, uh, over coffee and, and your neighbors at your house and your house. And I want to do that in all 77 counties. So uh, just get a hold of me. And, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to meeting all the young entrepreneurs because that's where my heart is and that's what I am. And I want to help help us grow because this is where it starts, the next generation encouraging you guys to grow businesses. And you can do it. And that's, that's what I've had to do. And I don't think politicians understand. I have to turn over every rock, answer every phone call go on every sales call just like you had to do growing your businesses and that's what I want to do as governor I want to make sales calls to CEOs from other companies and also bring you guys in uh, uh, and ask you to serve on boards and commissions and bring a fresh perspective to Oklahoma well Kevin I appreciate you taking the time to meet with us we know that uh, for the campaign and everything else coming up that you have a lot going on it, it means a lot to our organizations and, and speaking on behalf of uh, young entrepreneurs Thank you for taking taking the risk and, and, and putting yourself out there to take that to the next level. So, Kevin, I'm going to give you the last word before we close. What's some of the things that you want to leave with young entrepreneurs or people that are just getting started? You know the audience. You know what the Young Businessman of Tulsa is about. But what, what, what would be your parting piece of guidance for them? Yeah, I would just say, I would just say go for your dreams. I would say uh, um, go for it and set big goals and don't worry if you don't hit them in year one or year two people don't give themselves long enough to go after them so it took me 10 years and i called it gateway 2.0 before i figured out how to do the mortgage space and then from 10 to 17 it's just exploded so uh, i read a book uh you know about hewlett packard packard and how those guys got together and they didn't even know for 10 years what products. They just knew they wanted to be in business together. So be in business with your buddies and your friends and do something you love. And then just set big goals and go get them because you can do it. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Set big goals. Do what you love and do it with the people that you love. For Brian and, and for the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, thank you. And we'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.